Welcome to Crash Chords Autographs. I, of course, am Matt, a.k.a. Stormageddon. And this intro is going to be a little different, as I'm going to be talking about my time at FlameCon, as it is my FlameCon 2019 special. Uh, second year in a row, I covered the event as press. Um, I did not have my own panel this year, but I had something else really cool that we're going to talk about in a minute. But first, I, of course, as always, want to thank my patrons for supporting me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Stormageddon. That's, of course, Rob, Robert, MJ, and Case. If you'd like to to get a shout out on this very show, you can go to patreon.com slash stormageddon and give at any level, I think $5 or higher to get a shout out. But there is a one in $3 level as well if you just want to throw some money on my way because you like what I do. So enough about that nonsense and on to talking a little bit about FilmCon 2019. So I went for the first time last year in 2018 um, and my special for autographs was my panel about queerness and Doctor Who, which was really awesome. Um, shout out to Brian again for having me as a part of that panel. This year, I also had some interviews last year. This year, I spent more time taking in the con itself instead of speaking to people. And I saw a few more panels, which I didn't last year. Um, there were some really great vendors. Um, I want to shout out to uh, Michelle Peluso, who is a badass artist and who was vending at the event and who um, is a childhood friend and uh, it was really cool to see her in a professional space selling her art um, I want to also shout out Double Feature which was a great artist who makes awesome posters pins and all sorts of other things um, a little while back on my Instagram you might have seen a cute little Nintendo Switch enamel pin with a smiley face It's that's from them um, I also want to shout out um, uh, Theodore, who was there last year, who I interviewed in last year's special, was there vending and selling art. Um, his stuff is always really awesome. Um, I love seeing his art. You should definitely check out his artwork online, Fyodor Pavlov. Um, and then finally, of course, um, I want to talk a little bit about Lude Alfred Douglas, who, if you follow me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DJ underscore Stormageddon, you might have seen me hanging out with Lude while he drew my barbarian character, which I actually played as over the weekend at FlameCon in a D&D campaign uh, he ran in the game room. But also, um, he has a demo of a... Uh, dating sim that he has been working on called Love and Exorcism. It's at fancyvampire.itch.io. Um, you can play the demo there. Um, give him and his uh, partner uh, on the project feedback about it, um, but it's really cool. Um, you should definitely check it out. And he is also the one who ran the D&D campaign that was featured uh, as a panel at FlameCon this year. Um, and he was kind enough to let me record it and feature it as a special episode here. Um, he does a lengthy intro, but the gist is it's called The Hedge. It's a D&D campaign he does with um, incredible players, Anna Bosnick, Hazel Tart, and Johnny Panic, who were there, um, as well as Professor Cadbury, PhD, who was their rules lawyer for the, for the campaign at FlameCon in case anyone had any questions or weren't sure of a rule this way it didn't slow down the action as it were um it was really cool to record this because i'd never actually been to a live play DD podcast i've listened to a bunch of them um but the fact that lute alfred douglas is allowing me who is the dm if i haven't mentioned earlier of the hedge which is what the campaign is called um to let me record it and feature it as a special episode of autographs is really humbling um it was really great um, at, when we get into it, um, Lute Alfred Douglas recorded a great little intro for me um, that 
brings you up to speed as we jump into the action uh, of the campaign. It was really cool to be there live and to watch it. Um, it's one of my highlights of this year's FlameCon, as well as palling around with Anya Keister and Hazel Tart, who were in Steven Universe cosplay on the second day, uh, which was really fun as well. Um, shout out to my D&D campaign I played on Sunday that Lude ran as well with a bunch of great folks, including Sarah Tops and Dick Move, who have been on the show in the past. Um, it was really just a great weekend. FlameCon is one of my favorite conventions. I try and make sure to go every year now since that first year I went just because it's a smaller scale than a lot of other conventions. And so you can really kind of take your time, enjoy it, take in your surroundings. Um, all of the artists and creators are super friendly and affable and really want to talk to you and engage. And it's just nice to kind of also wander the room and see all the cool things that are going on, see all the cool panels. Tons of my friends were there. Um, previous guests of the podcast and my co-host on screen snark, Rachel quirky shank was there along with their partner, John Henry um, they cosplayed both days as well. Um, I got to pal around with Sarah Tops for most of the weekend. Um, I, I want like I want to go into great detail about a bunch of the stuff that I saw, but honestly, it's one of those experiences that I feel like you have to really be there. Um, but I do want to thank uh, Michelle, who runs press for the event and um, had, gave me a press pass again this year. It was a blast to be able to cover the event and see it. Um, Geeks Out, who runs FlameCon, um, put on a great event every year, and I really just want to thank them for putting on a really awesome queer convention that makes everyone feel welcome, and it's just a kind of warm embrace of nerdiness that's really great to be a part of every year. Um, so shout-outs to the Geeks Out crew and uh, FlameCon. If you want to volunteer for FlameCon, they do take volunteers from the area, anyone who wants to help, um, which is also a really cool thing to do. Um, I'm hoping to uh, continue to be able to cover the event for years to come because it's just such a blast. Um, everyone's super friendly, um, super considerate, and uh, it's just a great community for queer nerds who want to be in a nerdy space that's for them as opposed to a lot of other nerdy spaces that can feel kind of sterile or straight person focused. Uh, this is just nice to have a friendly queer space um, that everyone's welcome in uh all that said i think i've rambled enough i think i really want the majority of this podcast to be about this great panel um just a quick thank you again to everyone at flamecon people who came up to me um, people who said hi um it's always really great to see you and to all of the staff and support and framework that is geeks out and flamecon thank you for letting me cover the event and thank you for letting me host this podcast this uh dnd live play on my humble little show it's a blast i look forward to going back next year um and without further ado i am going to kick it off to our theme music as i always do and then it'll go right into the um the hedge which is an incredible dnd live play from flamecon so i hope you enjoy and i will talk to y'all soon thanks Hello there, I'm Lude Alfred Douglas, your GM for this FlameCon game. 
This is a single encounter from our private D&D 5th edition game in my homebrew world setting called The Upper Hedge. My players are all performers in New York's art scene. For this game, we have burlesque performer Johnny Panic playing Trick, the Fiend Warlock, drag queen Hazel Tart playing Dust, the Druid, and musician Anna Bosnick playing Alder, the Fey Warlock. Helping us with quick rules and references is Professor Cadbury, PhD. The Hedge is an untamed wilderness where other realms occasionally bleed through to the material. It is populated by strange beasts, independent villages, and ancient overgrown ruins from fallen civilizations. To the south of the Hedge is a man-made wall protecting a human-dominated kingdom called Hestial. In the past few years, this kingdom has become aggressive towards non-human citizens, going so far as to evict a well-respected tiefling courtesan named Trick. In order to survive the purge, Trick made a bargain with an as-yet-unknown demonic patron. He now finds himself in a wilderness that is friendly to him, but still alien. Native to the hedge is Dust, a human with a strange lineage which manifests with a single horn in the middle of his forehead. Dust has a druidic bond with the creatures of the hedge, and has recently discovered a unicorn had something to do with his birth. Lastly, Alder is a fey brother, born from a druid's tree, growing in the corner of the hedge which protects a portal to the Feywild. He is accompanied everywhere by his small cockatrice, Danger Chicken. These three companions have worked to protect the hedge from the encroaching scouts from Hestiel, who seek to tame the hedge and prepare it for colonization. These humans have experimented with corrupted twig blight pollen, weaving it into a weaponized noxious gas. Recently, their experiments were put to end by this group, who have dubbed themselves the Beverly. We're the Beverly, and we come from far away. We're the Beverly, gonna kick your ass all day. We're the Beverly, don't you walk away, you better run. Come on, let's have some fun. Trick, Dust, and Alder have traveled through the hedge on an errand. They have come upon a grove of trees protecting a small graveyard with a beautiful statue at its center holding a mirror. Inspecting it, Trick has become mesmerized by his own reflection. Alder has sensed a great sickness and despair coming from the plants in the grove, as though they are corrupted by something deep in their roots. Then, a skeletal hand blooms from the earth and reaches up to grab Trick's ankle. Alder is quick to help with an eldritch blast, and that is where we'll join the adventure. You're aiming at the little hand? Um, I guess, yes. Yeah, because that's all you can see that's, right now. Yeah, if that's all I can see right now. Um, sure. Uh, <laughs> that's a three. Three damage. Uh, Every little bit helps. <laughs> but you, you hit, so you busted the, the barely hung together uh, wrist bones. And sure. if he were inclined to, Trick could now move. Also, I just realized I do have Agonizing Blast. Um, I don't know if that works. Does that work whenever I cast Eldritch? It means you add your... Um, yes, you add your spellcasting modifier to your Eldritch Blast damage. Fantastic. Plus eight. Plus eight? Wait, Holy no, plus, moly. Plus four, plus four, plus four. Okay. Um, <laughs> didn't... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 
there's a, your Eldritch Blast is green, right? Yes, it is. It's, it's, it's like, like this. Yeah, it's like green sparklers going off right on the ground where this hand was. Yeah. Dust. It's still there? The hand is still there? Uh, you, you can see, you know, where it's kind of disrupting the earth. Like, something bigger is pushing pushing through. Okay. Um, I'm going to uh, run up to the place in the ground where it is coming up through, um, and I'm going to uh, smack it back down with my quarter staff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is... That is a 19 to hit. That hits. Yay. All right. Oh, that's a D6. Ooh, not good. Uh, that is four points of damage. All right. Uh, and then I am going, for my second attack, I am going to do the same thing. No! That is a five to hit. All right. So your first hit, like, you bring your staff down, your bedpost staff, down on this mound where you can see it's trying to claw up, and you hear the crunch of bones. Yes. And there's a little of spores that come out. It still looks like something's down there, but it's, you've shoved it too far down. Your second hit doesn't really gain purchase because you've shoved it down too far. Okay. You two should try to get away. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move uh, 15 feet back. I'm okay, please make a uh, dexterity save. Okay, um, that is a 19 to 19. Perfect. Yeah. You, you do some fancy footwork. You are able to backpedal over the gravestones. And it's good because just as you backpedal over one of the gravestones, another one of these creatures has busted out. And you can see the head. It is humanoid. It looks like a corpse that has been interned here that has been covered in these orange spores. And there are growths in the head that are made from the spores. It looks like they could be fungal. I was going to apologize for tripping over the gravestone, but not anymore. Alder. I forgot I have danger chicken as well. You do um, have you do have your familiar danger chicken. Um. um but before you decide what to do next. Oh no. We're gonna do a little flashback. <gasps> You're in the kitchen of your friend Hulan, the pastry chef. The uh he was human, right? Yeah, the human pastry <laughs> chef. Yeah, it's canon. Sure. It's canon. <laughs> I couldn't remember whether he had some elf in him, but he doesn't. He has some dwarf in him because his boyfriend's a dwarf. Um, <laughs> the human pastry chef who is rolling out crusts, and you're helping him put the metal stamp in the crust to bring out the pastry chef, uh, bring out the pastry shells. Alder. Someone told me you have a secret recipe. I told them not to say anything. It's a secret. God. Well, I mean, you know I'm not going to steal it, but I'm very curious. You know the great Miliosh bake-off is coming up. I do. I do. And that's what I was going to use it for, but, like, I don't know. I've never baked. I mean, other than... This is it mostly cutting things out? I feel like it's pretty simple, right? You don't need to know a lot. I mean, there's a little more to it, okay. but you know, if you keep helping me, maybe you'll sure. pick something up. Sure, sure. I'm making his lordship's lemon bars, but and I know that might be unpopular here, but I'm I'm going to try to make it all with ingredients from the hedge. Who doesn't like a lemon bar? Well, <laughs> no, it's not that they won't like the hit taste. I'm sure they would, but um. 
his lordship's lemon bars are kind of emblematic of Lordsgate in, in Rin's kingdom. And he's not very popular here. But that's where I come from, and that's where my recipes are from. But I, I figure if I made one that was all made from ingredients in the hedge, that it, it could be saying that I have accepted this as my, as my new home. I like that. I like that. That would be great. So here's the thing, Alder. <laughs> um, I'm trying to get a hold of some lemons that grow in the hedge, and they just don't. It's just not hot enough here. But someone told me that there is a grove where some druids long ago planted some lemon trees, and they're special lemons. They have very soft rinds and very sweet flesh. Yeah, I would really like to try them in this recipe, but Tyrion won't let me leave town. <laughs> oh, I got you, boo. Really? Yeah. If you could let me know if you come across these lemons and maybe pick some for me. Oh. That would be wonderful. Done. Oh, my God, lemon bars. This is going to be great. <laughs> okay, don't... Um, that one's too thin. I have to re-roll it. Don't worry about it. Oh, okay. Sorry. So you're back in the zombie graveyard. <laughs> I'm glad we're just calling it... And remembering... <laughs> remembering... You see a glint of yellow on the treetops by this grove. Up on the top of the trees, where the corruption hasn't reached yet, there are still some lemons. Okay, but we are in initiative still, yes? Oh, yes. Okay. Um, wait, where's the, the, the top of the trees? Yeah. So, like, how is that, like, right over where they are, the little... Beastie hands are coming out. They're basically surrounding the little cemetery that you're in. They're surrounding it. They're, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know what? Because I, you know, I'm going to use my little pixie wings and go up further, I think, maybe toward a lemon, and then I'm going to shoot from there, I think. Yeah, you, you have enough. You're Eldritch Blast. I like you to can get be, away from the tombstones as fast as possible. Yeah, you could be them. in the Just next all. town and still it's fine. All right, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm going to move up there and Eldritch Blast again. Um, specifically, so wait, that one's underground now? The one that was... Had- Dust hammered one underground, but uh, another one came up right under his feet as he was moving away. All right, I'm a whack-a-mole it. I'm going to do that one. Okay. Hold that, because oh. I... Uh, no, you can still use that roll. Don't want to. I just... I just <laughs> oh. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's your lucky day. I'll let you roll again. I just realized I missed tris- yes, trick okay. and initiative. So sit on that. Oh, yeah, sure. Trick. You are currently hallucinating. If you would like to break out of it, you can try to make another constitution save. Um, but I'm hallucinating and I'm like mesmerized with my own beauty, right? Correct. So why would I want to stop a good thing? <laughs> you also, can choose to not make the save if you like. <laughs> How is this different from any other day? Which <laughs> it's not. Um, so if I, if I break my, uh, if I walk away from the mirror, how does like everything else look? Like if I look at all You break away from dust, the mirror and there's this beautiful shimmery orange haze on everything. There are lens flares everywhere. It's awesome. Um, I think I'm going to stay here. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Oh, boy. Alder, would you like to roll your attack? I would, and then I would like to roll for danger chicken, too. Okay. All right. Um, 
That is 14. That hits. Oh, yeah. All right. Cool. Cool, cool. <laughs> oh, no. All right. That is... Um, that's five. All right. And danger chicken. At fifth level, you have two Eldritch Blasts. I do have... Right. Oh, yeah. snap. <laughs> That's a net 20. Hey! Yeah. All right, roll that damage and double it. All right, that is one. And I assume Agonizing Blast also gets doubled. Um, no, dice get doubled, and then you add the bonus. Oh, okay. Oh, sure. Okay, cool. So that's 10 plus 14. Wow. Okay. This... And then Danger Chicken is going to swoop down on them and sting. All right. Um, Dan- yes, Danger Chicken does get his own actions. He does get his own actions, <laughs> indeed. And that is a seven, so I don't think it does anything. No, he, right. he snaps like a dog trying to eat a water sprinkler. <laughs> Just can't. <laughs> on brand. <laughs> but your Eldritch Blast just cracked a few ribs off of this new uh, reanimation that was coming up under dust feet. Um, so you really, you really packed a punch on it, but they are both still struggling out of the ground, and by this time they have both gotten to their feet. And they are, who is even around? Trick is the only one who's still in their range. They're clawing at you, but they can't quite get purchase. Your leather boots are just too shiny. They're distracting. (laughs) (laughs) Dust. Um, Um, I have a flashback for you. Okay. Yes. Uh, Johnny, would you please relinquish oh, your seat for a moment? I can oh, okay. stand and Whatever lean. you prefer. <laughs> You're remembering when you went back to the Druid commune in the Lilac Wood, yeah. the one who worshipped a unicorn that you helped to save. And you met... Go ahead. Karen. <laughs> Hi, I'm Karen. <laughs> oh, hey, Dust. Thanks for coming back. Um, hey. How's everything going? Um, it, it's going all right. Um, Trick has been sick, but we're fixing it. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, let them let me know if you need any healing herbs or anything like that. I, I do want to apologize. I realize it's kind of weird that we like kind of worship you now, since like your dad might be our god. Like, I know well, that's you yeah. worship my aunt. Your aunt? Oh yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you seen my dad? I no. I, I, we've all just been really excited that you were coming back. Sorry if that's weird. I mean, it is. But it's okay. <laughs> cool. Um, oh, um, some of the elders did have a question for you. So, uh, we have been researching and praying to our God, your, your aunt, um, about um, these these kind of plants that we were finding that were releasing this really weird pollen that seems to uh, corrupt the plant and kill it, and then, yeah. like, yeah. oh, you know yeah. about this? Yeah, 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 we, we, we burned a whole tree of it. Oh, great, so, you, like, yeah. you're immune, and you can, like, fix all of it, right? 
Nope. Oh. Don't burn it. Ooh, so we've been praying to your aunt in hopes that she'd be able to stop it. So you can't do that, right? I can, mm. I can burn it. I mean, that is pretty cool. So, um... Where, where, where is it right now? Oh, so we, we were experimenting... Well, the elders were experimenting on it, and we, we did find that... So you're aware about the plants and stuff like that. Did you run into any of the animals? N- no. Oh. Um, what, so what animals? So we, we did find that if the pollen um, infects animal life, that has, you know, it, it has an effect on it, and especially dead specimens, it can kind of revive them. Um, but it's cool, because he wipes it all out, so we're never, ever going to run into that ever again. Uh, so that's good. Um, but yeah, so, but you don't know really anything else about it? No, we're, we're, we're trying to figure it out. We, um, we have some vials of it if you need more. Oh, um, I will give that to the elders and hope it's not foreshadowing for anything in the future. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, also, we, we also have this, uh, we, we stole this big flamethrower type thing, but it throws the spores. We didn't know what to do with it. Oh, um, I will also give that to the elders and also hope that is not any foreshadowing of anything in the future. I really don't like carrying it. Oh, yeah, no, totally. I'll take it and we'll put it near your shrine. I mean, we'll put it in the room where we store your stuff. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go back to weaving a tapestry of you, but uh, it's really good that you came back to the the monastery here and we're really glad and let us know if you want to leave any other... um, things behind for us to worship. Um, Okay, bye! Bye. Thank you. Thank you, Anya Keister. Okay, you're back in the graveyard. Yeah. Two of them have already shown themselves, um, but you are counting the headstones and seeing that there are far more than two. Okay. Um, can I can I see the sky from where we are? Yes. Okay. Um, it's really early, but I would like to cast Call Lightning. Um, it is a third level spell. Don't have many of those, but yeah. let's do it. Um, so, uh, a storm cloud appears in the shape of a cylinder that is 10 feet tall with a 60 foot radius centered on a point you can see. Um, and, oh, I have to roll for this. What point are you aiming it at? Um, I would like to aim it, can I point it at multiple things throughout? I mean, it's got a radius, so I'm just asking, I would like like to generally, like, point it at the gravestones that are stirring. Okay. Yeah, I want to, like, bug zap them before they... What about your friend Trick? I'm just like staring up at the clouds, the brewing uh, storm. I'm, I'm gonna hope that they're really, really precise lightning bolts. Oh, do you choose where they go? Yeah. Oh, um, well, that's yes, all right. Yes, then. yes, yes. Yeah, I choose go a point. I choose a point that I can see within range, and then each creature within a five foot, within five feet of that point, must make a dexterity saving throw. So I'd like to do it like just outside of Trick. Okay, so you're not including. Like him. You're not including him in it. No. Um, there is one like right. Uh, the, the two that you, like, mostly killed yeah. have crawled over to him. 
but he's not near the bulk of the grave, so you can definitely target like everything else that looks like it could stir. Great, I'll do that. Yeah. That's a 12 to hit. Call lightning doesn't require a spell attack roll. Lude, you have to roll dexterity saves. Thank you. This is what What's we your spell save DC? We're real good at this. Yeah. What's your spell save DC? Uh, it is 15. Okay. Great. So about half of the gravestones just... <laughs> you see the spores just burst out. Like, you have detonated those. It's not all of them. It looks like about half. But you're not sure how many of them are reanimated, and it's quite overgrown. But you have taken out quite a few of them. Okay. Detonated um, in a good way, or, like, those spores are now everywhere? I mean, you might breathe them in, but you're not close to them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, great. Um... That's my turn. (laughs) (laughs) One of the reanimated corpses has latched onto Trick's leg and sinks its claws into him. It gains purchase, and you take six points of damage. Ow! Uh, uh, this is poison damage and please uh, make a constitution save ooh not good too alright you are still hallucinating nice and you take six more points of poison damage oh fuck oh no alder to continue uh, my magical whack-a-zombie okay. and uh, agonizing blast, the one that is attached to Trick. Can you help us, please? That is a 10. Oh, wait. Nope. Nope. That, yes, that is a 10. That goes wide. But you have two blasts. Do another one. Oh, right. Right, 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 right. That is also a 10. Oh, you're but just throwing sparks willy-nilly. I am, and Danger Chicken is going to swoop down and distract the zombie um, by, like, doing a little chicken dance in his face. So it can't, hopefully, that... Yeah, so any attack on any attack that particular zombie, the one that's on trick, will have disadvantage. Yes. Perfect. So, advantage for the attacker. Dust, it is your turn. Um, all right, uh... Is Trick still just doing his makeup? Yeah. <laughs> Trick, what are you... You've just been clawed in the leg by a poisonous zombie, but it didn't really seem to matter. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Uh, okay. Um, this is fine. Um, all right. I am going to... Uh, how, far, how far away are they from me right now? Um, well, you, you got out like of Dodge. Back, yeah. You ran like 15 feet back. You're, you're like... They're kind of the ones that are out of the graves already are focused on trick, mm. so you're probably about thirty feet from them. Okay. Yeah. Um. Cool. Uh. Who? How how high up is the mirror in like that the statue's holding? The statue's on a platform and it's life size, so um, I mean you're quite short. A tall person would have to 
kind of strain up and climb up onto the statue to, to view it. So it's real hard for me to get up there. It's pretty high Five for you. Seven. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. pretty high for you. Um, oh, fuck. Okay, I'm going to try something. Um, I would like to uh, attempt to run up uh, around those zombies that are attacking Trick. Um, up. I, I want to smash the mirror. Okay. If I can. So it's 30 feet away from you, and yes. you'd have to kind of climb up. Yes. Um, make a, I'm going to say, like, athletics to get up there okay. enough to, to get close enough to harm the mirror. Not my strong suit. Um, that is an eight. You scramble over there, but you're, it, it's, like, slippery with, like, sludgy pollen-y stuff. Uh-huh. And your foot slips, and you just, like, are kind of hanging off of it by your wrists. You can't quite get up there this turn. Okay. But you're there. Okay. Um, and, and uh, like, are there zombies, like, close to me? Yes. While I'm hanging on, can I, like, reach out and just try to, like, swat them with my bedpost? Yeah. I'm okay. going to say you used your movement. Yeah. So, yeah, you still have your action. You just failed to uh, cool. get close enough to, do any, to use your action on the mirror. Okay. So, yeah. Cool. And while I'm doing this, I'm just going to be like, trick, trick, fucking trick. That is a uh, 19 to hit. That hits. Yay. Uh, cool. So that is seven points of damage. You're using your damage. staff? Yes, my quarter staff. You, you home run that shit. You smash its head right off its shoulders, and it goes inert. <laughs> Trick. You are still mesmerized, and now you're beginning to see not the grove around you, but the walls of your room at the Scarlet Stair, which is the beautiful high-end city brothel where you were trained and where you were working before you were exiled from the city. And you're with your coworker Henrietta, another tiefling, but with peachy skin and ram horns that curl on the sides of her head. And you're both getting ready for a client that you've been preparing for who is only known to you as the Duke and the Duchess. And the Duke made the arrangement that they'll both be visiting you, and so you're both preparing to entertain them. And she's doing her makeup in her mirror, and she has a little shrine on her desk where she does her, mirror, does her makeup. And it's got a little statuette, and she's burning some incense there. And she looks very meditative. Henry, darling, what do you know about the Duke and the Duchess's proclivities? Well, I've been told that uh, they're both very nice, um, and they like to spoil you. Ooh. So I would very much like for us to be their new favorites. Um, I've heard that he likes to watch um, when, they are all to, when they're all playing together, um, but I've also heard that he will uh, take men on his own as well. Ooh, sounds like it'll be a fun evening. Yes. Um, and I've heard that they have a country house way outside the city walls in the hedge. Ooh, a vacation. <laughs> I've heard that they do bring people there for 
big parties. Um, so if we become their favorites, then maybe they'll drive us out and we'll have a, a weekend, a work weekend. <laughs> it is so much better when you can be a little kept. I agree. <laughs> um, I'm going to say a prayer to my household god. Would you like me to say a prayer f- for you? Um, who's your god? Well, um, this is the god Hinnom, and Hinnom was a very famous courtesan, and I know that also out in the hedge, there's a shrine to him, because he was so wonderful at what he did, and all of his clients went on to great success and good fortune after seeing him, and it wasn't magic, it was just because he made them feel empowered, and, and he gave them wonderful, wise advice. You can send him no my regards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do that. And maybe, maybe if the Duke and Duchess give, uh, have us for their party, we can go and visit the shrine too. That sounds like fun. <laughs> I would like to. I hear that in the shrine, if you look into his mirror, then you can commune with him. <laughs> but I'm just going to commune with him through my own mirror now. And she begins to pray. Is, is this the mirror that you, is, you just tried to shatter that mirror? A mirror? I'm not in your flashback. <laughs> <laughs> but you are, you're recalling now that the Duke did become your, your most, uh, your, your uh, client that visited you the most often. Um, and I think you heard from him recently in a, by way of someone else, too, that he was sad that you were gone. But the branches draw back, and you are in the grove again, and something large is stirring under your feet. No. Don't like that. Um, <laughs> don't like that at all. Okay, so I, I would like to maybe um, attempt to not be mesmerized any longer. <laughs> make, it, make a constitution saving throw. <laughs> yeah, 18. All right. Your vision clears a little bit, and you come to your senses more, and you feel this burning pain in your leg from where the zombie clawed you. And... Under your feet, the stone, part of the plinth from the statue that dust is currently on as well, splits in half. And the statue just jolts to the side a little bit. It doesn't fall, but it becomes kind of off-center. And from the plinth underneath, this large humanoid rises. And it is large because it's decked in finery and jewels that have stayed preserved through its burial, but it is also decked in this orange fungus that's growing all around it, where you cannot make it out, and it rises with these long talons, and it seems to breathe in all of the pollen around it. The little humanoid zombies that have come out of the graves exhale all of their pollen and it absorbs them, and the little humanoids fall inert. I think I didn't bust a spell slot. <laughs> I did. 
I need to roll the initiative for that. Okay. No, I just needed to. Add, I just needed to add the boss to the fight. <laughs> we don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> It is gaining power, it's swelling with this fungus, and all at once, all of the corpses that have gone to the surface erupt in this orangey pollen. Alder, you are far away enough, but both of you, please make constitution saves. What I get for trying to help you. Good luck. <laughs> Ooh, 18. Um, that's a 12. Okay, um, you take 25 points of poison damage. Trick, you take half. Uh, so that would be, that's rounding down, right? So 13? Constitution save for the concentration on call lightning. Oh, thank you. <laughs> another, another constitution save, please. Uh, that one's 15. You maintain. Thank God I maintained. <laughs> <laughs> and Trick, it is now your turn. No, wait a minute. You just went. Sorry, Alder, it is now your turn. Okay. Uh, I am going to... Um, I'm going to Agonizing Blast, big boy. Mm-hmm. And that is 14. 14 hits. Yeah, okay. It's big, it's floating, it's hard to miss. And should I do the right damage first and then the other one? Yeah. Okay, cool. That is 11. Great. And then Agonelin Blast again. Oh, that is a 22. Woo! 22 to hit. Fantastic. And that is 8 points of damage. But does, doesn't the second one also get your agonizing blast? Oh, shit, yeah, maybe it does. Um, that's, how much do I add to that again? I'm sorry. Four. Four. All right, cool. Yeah, that's um, going to be 12 damage. Whew. Your agonizing blast just pop all the way through all of the uh, growths and the fungus, the orange spongy fungus that's grown all around its face and head. It starts to slough off from your sparks. So you can see like the jewels underneath, but also the kind of leathery preserved skin and bone under it as well. But some of the fungus has sloughed off of the body. Nice. And Danger Chicken is going to distract the hell out of that creature as much as he can. All right. Danger Chicken flutters around its head. Yeah. (laughs) Dust. I would like to call down my lightning. Please do. (laughs) (laughs) So you have to make a a roll? Yes. That's constitution save, or is it a dex save? Dex. Thank you. That is a 12. It does not. Uh, So it takes 3d10 lightning damage. Look, it gave me more than that. Uh, One, two, three. Uh... The being is just floating there, and it's 14. 
woof, woof, woof. The being is just floating there above its own grave and covered in these spongy, mushroomy, orange funguses that have been burst away. And you can see its face now because a ton of this stuff has been broken off of it. The eyes are hollow. They, they're, they are not luminant. They are uh, dull and empty. The being itself is not doing this. It's being used as a tool by this stuff. Um, so you can tell this is not something whose spirit has been reanimated. It's just a body being used by this other uh, intelligent question mark stuff. Mm-hmm. But it looks incredibly ragged, and most of the of the mushroomy stuff is gone. Okay. That's it for me. Trick. Okay. Uh, so I have my wits about me now. And uh, he's pretty, I assume this big, this big, large monster is pretty close to me? Yes, it's right above you. Okay, so I'm going to cast Burning Hands and just punch it in the face. <laughs> Great. I think that's a deck save for me, right? Yes. It fails. Yes. <laughs> okay. 3d6. So that's... Six. Woo. Six. Yes. Oh. Five. <laughs> 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 Amazing. All right. Boom, boom, boom. Trick. Yeah. Apologies to Matthew Mercer. How do you want to do this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I, 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 I'm angry because I'm like bloody and you've soiled my costume, but also I'm kind of jealous of yours. So... <laughs> So uh, my fists ignite, and I just punch him with a left hook, a right hook, and then an uppercut. <laughs> with, just like with flames coming out of your yeah, fists. Yeah. Awesome. I love that flavor. So yeah, you punch it. You punch right through like the brittle bone, but the bone and the skin, it's, it's there. It's protected by the finery. What the fire is igniting really radically fast is all of this orange corruption around it. And it burns into an inert black smoke and the corpse collapses against the plinth that its own statue is resting on. And we are out of initiative. (laughs) I know that we're already three minutes gone, but I'd love to wrap up. Is that okay with my, my handlers? Is that okay? All right. Quick wrap up. The grove is inert now. What do you What do you do? Um, I I I take his clothes. I want to take his clothes. <laughs> on his cl- on his clothes, you you that this being that was worshipped as a god by your friend, <laughs> who you are now grave robbing. I am a god. <laughs> Our jewels. Cameos that represent favorite clients and worshippers, um, tributes. You also have a dagger that seems to be one half of a pair, but you can't find the other half. It seems like the handle slots into another handle. Um, I, I would like to, because I don't know the back the, the, the backstory of this. I would like to ram the mirror with my horn and smash it. <laughs> and then just make some flowers appear around 
That's ah, it. I like that. Okay. So you ram the mirror, which is inert and dull. It shatters. And with your druid craft, I assume? Yeah. What kind of flowers? Uh, they are lilies. Lilies, perfect. All of these white and orange lilies come up out of the graves. And it seems like they're holding that the residual color of the pollen, but it's not corrupted. It's just withholding that color that was there. And Alder, from these plants, you feel immense love and relief and gratefulness. And it's not like just the plants. It's like this very strong presence and personality coming out of these flowers. Um, I'm going to pick the lemons and then fly back down. The lemons, just like Hulan said, are really soft. It, fe- it feels like you could eat the rinds. I'm definitely going to eat one of the lemons. They're, the rinds are like, like you can chew them, but they're not very pleasant. But the flesh is sweet. It tastes like a lemon candy. It's so good. Oh, I'm so into it. <laughs> boom, boom. All right. As... You trick as you see the shards of the mirror on the ground. You see one little shard flicker and begin to glow. And we'll end it there. No! <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. For, um, for the people who are after us, I'm so sorry I ran late, but uh, we'll get out of here really fast. Thank you guys so much for coming. That's it for this episode of Crash Chords Autographs. Our theme music is by Michael Kill. Our logo was designed by Case Aiken and Joey Amans. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes and Facebook. You'll help us reach more listeners. Questions, comments, or guest recommendations? Email matt.storm at crashchords.com or hit us up on Twitter at Crash Chords Web. Thanks for listening. Hi, this is Victor Devon, and I am the host of We Burlesque, the podcast. Every Monday, I talk to fabulous denizens of nightlife, including burlesque performers, both seasoned and new to the form, drag performers, performance artists, DJs, and artists who make up their respective scenes. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. Please visit WeBurlesque.com to check out episode recaps and see all the formats available. And remember that music is life. Life is good.